0: Hello, everyone, my name is Naomi Williams and welcome to dawning diabetes podcast where we talk about type one diabetes, other autoimmune disorders and healthy living. Hey everybody, so today we have special guests, Colleen and Jesse from This is Type One. We will be discussing our diabetes camp stories today, so you don't want to miss out on our discussion coming up in a little bit. Also, we will be sharing our experiences about camp from childhood until now. And if you want to know more about camp, and if you know Someone in your community who has a diabetic child, a type one kid, who you think will benefit from camp, check out this information that I am posting in the details part of the podcast episode um, today. So definitely check that out, and it just shows factually what camp does for T1D kids and kids with diabetes in general, how it educates kids and gives them confidence about their diabetes management so definitely check those articles out and Do some research for yourself and help someone out today who, you know, who has type one diabetes and has a type one diabetic kid. And you can also volunteer as well, even if you don't have diabetes. So definitely check that out too. It's a cool way to volunteer and add that to your CV or resume. Alrighty then. So we are going to go ahead and get started with this discussion. I'm so excited excited about this you guys my very first discussion so very happy about this and hope you guys enjoy please do not take any information or stories shared on this podcast as medical advice please consult with your doctor or medical professional before changing your health plan Alrighty, you guys so today we have colleen and jesse um they have come on the show we are going to talk about camp stories today and just our camp experience with diabetes camp so thank you so much colleen and jesse for coming on the show today i appreciate it and welcome you guys thank you for having us no problem and so um if you guys haven't check out the episode where they had interviewed me um so definitely head over to this is type one to check out that episode um, today and check out the other episodes too you guys all righty so We are gonna dive into this discussion today. And so the first question is, when did you start going to diabetes camp and what was your experience like? And Colleen, would you like to go first? And then we'll do Jesse and then I'll just chime in whenever, so.
1: Yeah, so I started camp at Panther Day Camp in Washington State when I was six years old. So I've been diagnosed with type one diabetes since I was two and a half. So camp has been part of my life for almost as long as I've been a diabetic. It's kind of crazy. Wow. And I considered it to be the best week out of my summer, like every year. And even when I like started having like a full-time job and needed to take vacation to go to mm-hmm. camp, I would still take vacation for camp because it was and still is like a really important piece of my life to have that connection with the campers. It's, it's, it's just one of my favorite things about having diabetes is having that connection with other diabetics. And I made, I made quite a few, well, I, I made a few lifelong friends there. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the, the best parts about camp is the people you meet and the friends you make.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, I went to camp when I was twelve with Camp Kazoo, um, and I'm still with Camp Kazoo now in Georgia. And um, went there that year, and I was expecting to meet, you know, a few people with type one. I met hundreds of people with type (laughs) one, kids, adults. Um, I mean, you name it, I met everyone. And I had counselors who were in college, so they went to UGA at the time. And so because they were so energetic and so encouraging, I was like, you know, like if I ever come back to camp, I wanna give back too. So I already had that in my mind when I was 12. And then of course my um, campmates, they welcomed me and they still volunteer with Camp Kazoo whenever they can to this day. Um, And that was 12 years ago and I'm giving away my age, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and it was, yeah, like you said, um, I met a lot of people along the way and, and still friends with them to this day. Um, so, yeah, may not see them all the time, but it's good just to have their contact and I can definitely call just to see how they're doing. And so but what about you, Jesse? So I went to the same
2: camp as Colleen, and that's actually where we met. I didn't start going until like a year after I was diagnosed because I was diagnosed and then like camp was starting or like camp had just ended. I was eight years old and like, I I wasn't ready. Like I, I knew I wasn't ready. My parents knew I wasn't ready to like mingle with all the other diabetics because I, I was eight. I was really overwhelmed. You know, I was just trying to get through elementary school. So I started going when I was nine years old, which was like nine years ago. Um, So to me, it was a lot of fun because I got to like learn from uh, the kids around me too. And I really got like, this was, that was the first time I really got exposed to being around other diabetics. Mm -hmm. And it was so amazing because even as a kid, I like learned that I'm not alone in this. And like, there's such a strong sense of community and like, like just resiliency when you go to camp and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm not by myself. I can totally do this. I've, I've actually got this under yeah, control. Exactly. You know? just, yeah. Yeah. So it's so encouraging every time we go, I, of course we didn't get to go this last year because of COVID, but you know, it's always just so encouraging and like, it, it's always so interesting to see how other people manage their diabetes too. And it it always kind of gives me like an idea of how I can like either improve or you know, just try something different with uh, diabetes management.
0: yeah, that's so true. And um I learned that how to just be um like you were saying, just confident in my diabetes and especially around non-diabetics, people who never like went through diabetes before um, that was something I just learned to be bold with, be comfortable, showing my, my pump, showing my, you know, CGM in the future at that time, I didn't have a CGM, but um that year that same year the year after that's when I was put on the pump the Omnipod and that was when the Omnipod back then was huge (laughs) it was bigger than what it was now it's like I don't know if you remember Colleen how big the Omnipods were but they were you know I
1: I never used Omnipod Um, I do remember seeing a lot of the campers come through with Omnipod that Mm -hmm. one kind of became really popular but they, yeah, they have shrunk quite a bit. Yeah. Just in terms of like seeing like on their marketing materials, seeing the old ones to the the new ones. It's cr- incredible what, what the changes are like. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. So, but what was your favorite camp activity and food? So any, um, like stories, Colleen, Jesse, y'all share, like, camp activities y'all like to do or remember doing together food at y'all's camp that y'all like eating so or you didn't like eating because <laughs> so let's be real camp food might not be the best food but hey
1: <laughs> so well, what
0: immediately comes to
1: mind is I really hated the jojos and oh no, like the, I was gonna like say the, the potato dog. wedges or whatever I hated those but my favorite <laughs> for the food was the salad bar because they just had like all of the different options, like so many things to pick from and put on your salads. Cause I eat low carb now. And Mm -hmm. so I don't like touch the, like the hoagie loaf bun things. I don't touch the hot dog buns or the hamburger buns or the tater tots. Oh my gosh. The tater tots. So many tater tots. (laughs) So (laughs) many tater tots. I can't, um, for, for the activities. So when I started going to camp, we were at one campground and then we moved to a different campground, like I want to say four or five years ago. It's been it, it, it was I think it was four or five years ago. I
2: think it was four years ago because I was a freshman in high school. When we, okay, so four years ago. Year, yeah.
1: Yeah. So we were at one camp for most of the camp like lifetime and then we moved to a new one. But at the original campground, they used to have a zip line. And the zip line went away fairly quickly because people got injured on it a lot.
0: But, oh my gosh.
1: Did they fall? But when it, they did. They fell into, uh, oh I think God. it was this like bark pile or whatever. And mm-hmm. like people got hurt. But if you didn't get hurt, it was a really fun experience. We also had go karts, which was so fun. So many like terrifying moments of being like driven by campers and Mm -hmm. also, you know, running into other campers, (laughs) driving them. But then there was injuries with that. So that actually got taken out. But then uh, I think one of my more favorite activities, at least when I was younger and actually doing the like the camper part was probably swimming because uh, I would round up my friends. We would all get out of the pool and go like tackle hug my dad. So that he got soaked to the bone. (laughs) It was my favorite part of swimming, especially when my dad was in in the pool area. We just like like gather all my friends up and
0: go hug my dad. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so funny. So did your dad volunteer? Was he part of camp staff or? Yeah,
1: he did. So he he volunteered with me Mm -hmm. all through my camper years. So he's the one who went with me to camp when I started at six. And he came pretty much every year until he took a couple of years off for um, like health issues. Mm -hmm. And then he came back uh, in 2019, which was the last year that we had camp in person. And then he actually passed away in November of 2019. So I'm just really glad he was able to get back to camp just to to experience it again. So that was that was really nice that he got to do that. And my niece
0: came with him. (laughs) Oh, you're not that diabetic. Is, that is Got a beautiful memory. Yeah. yeah, that that's so beautiful. And I'm um, sorry for your dad. Lost for your dad Thank did you. not know that. Um, but that that's a beautiful memory. He just went with you when you were six years old and was like, "Hey, we're gonna do this together." And that's similar to to me and my dad. Like my dad was he was literally with me day one. Like when I found out I was a diabetic in the like the medical the doctor's office. So it was just me and him, routine checkup. And then they're like, yeah, I think you have diabetes. You can take us to the hospital. We were like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> we we're like, what is this? What do you mean? Our face was like, and my dad just picked me up. But yeah, so definitely share that bond with my dad to day one. <laughs> so, but yeah. My and this then- was just my dad's thing. Like my mom, mm-hmm. whenever she got like
1: roped into stuff, she's like, no. <laughs> That is, that is dad's thing. I am not the camp person. I thought that was really funny that she was just like, not yeah. even involved that was yeah. my mom she
2: got involved like she got roped in like think it was two years ago and she mm-hmm. totally like went for it she was like I'm going to volunteer we totally got this because she only like I think one of the other like moms who was volunteering like had to go somewhere mm-hmm. for two days of the camp so my mom was like totally stepped in and she was so it was so fun because I was a counselor in training at that time mm. so I got to see like my mom and just like so I was like a camp counselor or camp counselor in training for all of the younger girls so like the mm. four to six year olds so I would just be like that's mm. my mom over there and they would just like look at me and they're like you have a mom like you're not like you <laughs> I, I distinctly remember one of the girls asking me that and just being like mm mm-hmm. you have a mom and I was like yeah I have a lot like I have I'm I have a mom I have a family <laughs> oh my <And> gosh <laughs> said, that's cool. I have one of those and I was just like this is so wholesome it's like that's a moment that I'm always going to cherish
0: yeah no that is really good and I met a lot of campers and when I when I was in camp um now that I volunteer I mean so many like their moms and dads volunteer, they do the fundraising um, on the side and may plan the bowling night and stuff like that when Kim Kinsu does do their funding and stuff. So, yes. Yeah, like everyone's involved um in some way so yeah that i thought that was cool to see that too but yeah and my favorite camp activity was zip lining so when you mentioned zip lining <laughs> i was like oh my gosh they fell <laughs> i was like oh snap like i don't mean to laugh at that but i was just like i'm happy they were okay but
1: that's scary it was not a short distance i mean it was a yeah. short distance so it, it wasn't like you're falling hundreds of feet. Cause that would oh, be like dead campers. Okay. Oh, okay. It was like, you That's fell good. maybe what? 10 feet. If it was, it maybe was like about five, to, feet. five to five yeah. to 10 feet. It was like, it was a really short drop.
2: Oh, yeah. okay. to a mile it was a- Mark.
1: That's you weren't, great. like,
2: gonna drop and, like, break something. You probably just got the wind knocked out of you when you did. Okay.
0: Versus a sprain, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's great. Because <laughs> my, at Camp Kazoo, they have, <laughs> they got zip lines. There's one zip line at Camp Barney, because that's where I went. It's huge. So, it's literally across the lake. So, that's what I was like. So, how big was that? <laughs> was y'all it wasn't line? very
1: big at all. Okay. It was, it was like, maybe maybe 30 to 40 feet between two trees with the bark yeah. pile underneath. And it was like five to 10 feet off the ground. It was, it okay. was more like kids had to hold on to this, um, like this thing that just zips across. So they weren't like strapped in They Weren't like oh, sitting on anything. They were okay. actually, they had to hold on to a bar and that's why they kept falling off. Cause they couldn't hold on. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. Yeah. That's why they fell.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. So something cool about the camp that Colleen and I actually met at. So I before I was diagnosed, the camp spot was called Camp Baraka, and I had been going there since I was four years old, like four or five years old for a day camp. Like every summer we would get, you know, dropped off at 8 a.m. and, you know, for like three months out of the year, I would be at this camp. I never knew, like, and then I was diagnosed with diabetes, so I never knew, like, there was actually, like, a diabetic camp at the same spot, so the first year I went to camp, um, I knew where everything was, because it was the same camp, we would, you know, it was just so much, it was, it was so cool, because, and interesting, because I, like, never saw the side of the camp that was, like, oh, we have a, we host a diabetic day camp here. So it was like really cool. And then I knew where everything was. So it was, it was even more interesting because it was just like, Oh, I'm diabetic now. And there's a diabetic camp. And then the next week I would go back to a regular
0: day camp and I would just be like, Oh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. And that, that that's a coincidence that that same camp hosted diabetes camp, especially nine years ago, because. Yeah. That, there wasn't a whole lot of camps about nine, 10 years ago, but now there's so many, like there's so many smaller ones, um, which is great, Um, which I'm happy about. But yeah, think, Camp kazoo uh, Panther was, Day like, Camp has uh-huh. it's been
1: in like in constant operation except for last year since the very early 1990s. So it's one of the longer lasting camps.
0: Oh, that's cool. So is Camp Kazoo. They started in... Ooh, I'm going to say the 90s because I can't I can't remember the exact date, but they did start in the 90s. But yeah, so it, it was. Yeah. Then they started it and then other people joined in. And so I had no idea. I I had no idea about um, diabetes camp. until, I, of course, I became diagnosed. And then as soon as I visit my endocrinologist, Dr. Van Meter, because I visit this other doctor and. That didn't work out. that was bad, like <laughs> that was a horrible doctor, so we went to him, and he was like, "You need, she needs to go to Camp Kazoo like this year." my mom was like, "I don't know. <laughs> so but eventually, I went when I was twelve, so that was that was fun, but um but yeah, so that's my favorite camp activity. Um My favorite food had to be the cookies, because we had these like chocolate baked cookies, like homemade. So we ate that. Um, And then we had lemon ice. I don't know what it was, but any like like lemon ice in a cup. I loved it. So that was my second favorite. But what did you learn about diabetes at camp? So what were some of the things that counselors, doctors, special guests um, came and talked to you guys about? And what did you learn?
2: So some of the things that I really, that were really impactful that I learned is like one, a sense of community, like, and I had never like felt that outside of diabetes camp, like that same sense of like, wow, this is really cool. I've got more people. I can't, I have resources. But with that being said, one other thing that really stuck with me is how to self-advocate, like not saying that our nurses and everybody wasn't like super attentive to like our blood sugars and everything like that, but we were like responsible for saying, I am low. I need to step aside and I need to stop. Like no one was going to force you to be like, like state that you're low or have you test. But like from a very like early point in the camp, like, like on Monday, we would all like be known like, oh, you are responsible for yourself. Um, you know, we're here to help you, but we're going to teach you how to be, you know, self-sufficient with your diabetes. And that really stuck with me too. Like even Like, I remember I went to a doctor's appointment, like the next week after diabetes camp. And I was like, I think I need to change my basal. And the nurse was like, "Mm, maybe, maybe. Um, And we looked at the numbers and I was like, no, I really think we do need to change it because I would be more comfortable with that if we did. And then we can go back if this doesn't work out. So I remember being really proud of myself because that's what I walked away with at the end of camp. And it still sticks with me today. Like I go to a new endocrinologist like an adult endocrinologist and um I had an appointment with her and and she was like what's your diabetes care like what's this like what's that like and I I could see it like she was like kind of like not forming a judgment but like making Mm -hmm. like decisions in her head and I was like this is what I do this is what I'm going to stick with um and I'm going to carry you know on with those things no matter what you say um, so it was just that was something that I really walked away with and was really happy with myself about.
0: Yeah, no, advocacy is everything like that's that's great um, that you walked away with that. And yeah, now that you've seen adult indo, they work for you. <laughs> Um <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that's something I learned from Camp too. Um and I learned from other people I met, JDRF, they were like, no, like this lady. Um, I, I still speak with her now, um, and she's a little bit older than me. And she was like, no, you need to go in and say, this is how I do things and they work for you. And she was like, you don't have to see the nurse practitioner. You say you want to see the doctor. <laughs> so she yes. told oh me that. She, yeah. So, yeah. So she told me that and I was like, okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that that's so cool. So what about
1: you, Colleen? So Jesse covered like the nice impactful deep one that just <laughs> hits at the soul, and I'm like, I learned how to do deep breathing.
0: <laughs> that's great. No, that's that's wonderful. Yes, I deep breathe too. Count the ten. They taught us that too at camp. Yes, there was a
1: a, a specific diabetes ed class that my uh, adult endo now, who like she used to be the head nurse at camp. She basically had all of the um, nine and 10 year old girls, which was my group, lay down on the floor in one of the portables and breathe in for four seconds, Mm -hmm. hold it for seven and then let it out for eight seconds. And that's called, well, I don't know if it's called anything in particular besides four, seven, eight breathing, but that like stimulates the vagus nerve and actually slows down the heart rate. And that's really important because cortisol, the stress hormone really affects your blood sugars it does. and doing deep breathing can help like lower that cortisol so that's like i learned something every new I, I learned something new every year at camp but that's one thing that just really stuck out was learning how to take control of kind of my body's reactions with the deep breathing
2: I remember that. Why I, I got like such a flashback when you started talking about that. Cause okay. She, Colleen was actually my camp counselor too for like, I think it was like three or four, three years. No, it was three years, three years. It would have been, so would have been two cool. years. I think. Well, they three. had me stay an extra year in the silver group. Cause they're like, well, we want you to be a CIT next, like the next, next year. So they let me stay on. So I was a silver for three years. Okay, that, yeah, I got you so for so extra long. I yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, that was such a flashback. Wow. I, I totally forgot about that until you started talking about it. And then I could, like, all of a sudden, I could smell like the por- portable, like, it's such a distinct camp
0: smell. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense, but like, yes, it's totally no, fun. it makes sense. Like, yeah. Barney has a smell, Twin legs has a smell. Wow, when I like, came back, there was this guy and I learned about driving because I had just, learn how to drive at 18, just got my driver's license, everything. So I was still learning how to drive and stuff and thinking, okay, well, how do I manage my diabetes while driving? And okay. So, and this guy, he was a baseball player. So he was explaining to us how you have to check your blood sugar before you drive. Cause I wasn't doing that at all. Like I was just going and that, that wasn't safe. And so he was like, I got off practice. I was super tired, got on the road, didn't check it. And literally his friend was following him, calling the police because he was swerving and he wouldn't get over. And so <laughs> it was a whole thing. Um, and so the moral of the story is check your blood sugar before you drive. And I really took that to heart. Um, and that's some. that's something that like stuck with me to this day, so before I go anywhere, I check my sugar. I don't care if I'm rushing trying to get to work. I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm be a little late. I'm sorry, but my health is more important in other people's lives. so but yeah, that's something that um, really stuck with me um the first year I volunteered, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well, I gotta pay attention to this before um. I started driving. So is that something you guys learned too at camp about, you know, checking your blood sugar and driving and and what did they how did they explain it to you guys?
2: OK, well, can I site and meet yourself, too? OK, um, so basically it wasn't necessarily like uh, at camp. I learned it because I when did I start driving? I started driving like I had my permit when I was in camp. So I would drive to and from and then my mom would would drive home. So they would always ask me, like, as soon as I got out they're like, did you test your blood sugar before you started driving? And that was like new to me. Like mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I hadn't seen any like any practitioners or anything like since I got my permit. And they're like, did you test your blood sugar? I was like, no, I, I just ate. She's they would sit They, I remember them talking to me one time and just being like okay, so you have to test your blood sugars before you drive or when you're not wearing your CGM because one, and then I listed off like all the reasons and like very made sure, like I knew that I <laughs> yeah. had to test my blood sugar or be on my CGM before I could drive. And they hammered that into me. And then I went to an endo appointment and I told her, I was like, I just got my permit. I'm so excited, you know, all happy and giddy. And then she's like, are you testing your blood sugars before you drive? <laughs> and I just I was like dying I was like oh my god oh wow because it, it's so important like I never like I thought they were all crazy like right for, like being, okay awesome I I know I'm not low I I should be fine but you never realize it until you do start driving and then all of a sudden like you might be a half an hour down the road and all of a sudden you're feeling low and like, either you're prepared for that or you need to pull over. Exactly. Because it's so dangerous. Like, you, like one time my hands were just shaking and I drive a manual
0: like truck, a little, little Toyota truck. Um, but OK, so what specific information? We're kind of going into the adult part um, of what we learned from diabetes camp. But what specific information has helped you better manage your diabetes as an adult? I think for me, the big one has been sight rotation.
1: So we kind of really hammered into the kids that you need to rotate your site. You need to make sure you're using different real estate on your body so that you avoid building up scar tissue. Mm -hmm. And like, so I started with my insulin or my pump infusion sites on my stomach. And then I would rotate in little circles on my stomach next to my belly button. And then Mm -hmm. I moved to my butt (laughs) and I (laughs) stayed on my butt. I just like, I have been using my butt for my sites for like over a decade and I just rotate all over my butt trying to move out to my hips, but mostly my butt. And Mm. it's, it's just so important to, Mm. to rotate your sites, to avoid that scar tissue buildup. Yeah. It's also the same with, with, uh, CGMs. So when I started on my CGM back in 2015, so now like six years ago, I was just doing my, um, upper outer arms just back and forth so that was my only rotation. It would be 10 days of healing for each side. And over time, that's like not going to be great for like long term scar tissue buildup. So this past February, I actually started putting my sensors on my inner forearms, too.
0: And I noticed was after we that. Interviewed,
1: um, yeah. So we interviewed on our podcast uh, a crime scene investigator, and she had her Dexcom sensor on her forearm. And I'm like, tell me about that. <laughs> And so in February, that's that's when, and after it's inserted, it barely hurts at all, and so like now I have uh, thirty days of healing between my sites instead of just ten, so that's really helping with the scar tissue.
0: Oh wow, that's that's amazing! Like I was looking at that and I was like, "Ow!" For me, I mean that probably doesn't hurt at all for you because you're used to it, but I was like, "Whoa!" How? Because I never seen it on this side like i've seen it yeah i may have seen people maybe put it here but like never yeah so yeah i've seen some feel like put i think like putting it on the outside of your arm like
1: here if you're watching the video version of this would actually hurt more because it's like right against the bone but at least with the inner forearm you get a little bit more squish
0: yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, you know, potential sight, I may try it. I might be too nervous uh, to try that. <laughs> so, but no, but that's good. Yes. side rotation is everything. And yes, I use my legs, my stomach, my behind, all that. But I try to do like where my hip is more so, like on the side, because I cannot sleep with it anywhere else on my behind. It's so hard for me to sleep. Um, I get nervous. I'm like, am I on it? Is it working? Is it bleeding? Like, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, all right, I don't know. But yeah, I I do that as well. Um, and learn that um from camp too. Make sure you you rotate um and make sure your your skin heals. And I even learned um to take a break sometimes from the pump because sometimes the pump can like build up so much scar tissue. So just do like pins for a little while until your skin heal and then put on the pump again. So I've heard that too from people I volunteered with that camp. They would kind of take a break, especially in the summertime because it'll just, the pump will just kind of come off when they're working out. Or so some people say they just switch um from pin the pump um in the summertime so I thought that was pretty interesting but anything Jesse? you want to add or
2: um I will strongly say I will never put my CGM on my forearm that scares me way too much at this moment <laughs>
0: uh <laughs> no I feel like...
2: yeah it's just uh, it's it terrifies me but yeah I do remember calling like when I was a camper sitting us down or like I don't think it, it could have been calling specifically, and then the other like counselors joined in. They're like, "Okay, we're gonna talk about site rotation now." And they spent like an hour explaining us to to us why it was so important. It's like because the scar tissue would build up, and then your insulin wouldn't absorb. And then um, I remember one counselor. I was asking her as like one on one. I think we were eating lunch, and I was like, "You know, I was just like, have you ever had scar tissue?" And she goes, "Yeah, I've, I've had scar tissue before." And she was like, "It's on my arm," and she let me like feel her arm and like kind of where it was at and I was like oh I that was it was a good learning moment because I was like oh wow I actually that that doesn't feel great that yeah I don't want that so they really like all the counselors gave us such like good advice and like let us us campers learn from everything that they've done like nothing was off limits really to what we could ask like they they would be like so open-ended and like so open book about like you know um here's our experiences with this here's you know and here's what we learned and so you don't have to and you know it's just it's so impactful and like you gain so much knowledge as a diabetic going to diabetic camp and learning from everybody around you i do and- not remember that <laughs> you don't oh my gosh it was such a big moment for me it was like Oh my God, I have to start using my legs and my arms for everything. Cause I was only using my stomach. Like I had no idea that you're supposed to have different sites for different things. So I was using my CGM on my stomach and my insulin pump site as on my stomach, like just yeah. sides, and I would switch. Yeah. That's and- understandable. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, I started using like my thighs as like for my pump. So I noticed that my pump really absorbs well there. Cause I've got bigger thighs. I do a lot of like leg day kind of things and squats. So it really absorbs really well. So I was like, okay, I, I can try this. I got this. So yeah. I did that. I started putting my CGM on my arm. So now I've got like these designated spots. So, like my CGM goes, my CGM goes on my arm, my insulin pump goes on my thighs. And then I, I'll always rotate my stomach in there somewhere. But like it was I just remember that. It was so impactful me because I was like, oh my gosh, I already have these like a hundred other things that I have to worry about and I'm not gonna worry about this one thing. And so yeah, it was just it was such a big moment. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So that totally changed my life. <laughs>
0: So who had a positive impact on your life from camp? And it could be a camp counselor, activity staff, nurse, doctor. It could be you, Colleen, to Jesse, because you were her counselor. You know, it could be anybody, you know, you looked up to at Camp Colleen, just anyone. So um,
1: mine, I guess, is really my endocrinologist. She was the lead, the like medical lead like throughout my entire childhood at camp. And now she's my adult endo. So I'm just I've I've known her since I was six. And she's taught me something every year since Mm -hmm. I've been there. And it's like even now going to appointments every three months, I still learn stuff that's brand new from her. And she likes to describe me as a boring diabetic, which is like the best compliment for any type one diabetic, because we do not want to have exciting diabetes lives. (laughs) Yeah, we want to be really boring. But my endo has been one of the biggest impacts, at least from camp, in addition to all of the families that I've met and been friends with.
0: Yeah, that's so
2: cool. Every time I used to go into my child endocrinologist, they would always like make sure to stop in and say hi, or at least one of the nurse Marys would come in and say hi before we took off for the day. And it was just, it, it was just so nice. Cause I, I knew I always had like such a good support system. One family that really stuck out to me was like their daughter. I was their counselor for their daughter. And she was four when she had diabetes and they actually lived in, um, sorry, I'm looking at the map again. Um, they lived in, um, I think it's Georgia, Georgia, the country of Georgia. Um, And it was really cool to like ask them questions and like, you know, understand like how diabetes works over there and how, what they do to manage. Cause I kind of want to go live like outside of the country for a while after. Yeah. That's So, so cool. It was such like a cool and like amazing thing to see, like, you know, and seeing like they can, I can do it. Like it's totally doable. And she totally like gave me all the resources and where to go to and how to do it. And it was just, I got to ask so many questions and got so much good input from that family and how to manage diabetes in other countries. So it was really, really cool for me.
0: Oh, that is, that's great. Um, and I'm learning that actually now, cause I interviewed, um, someone who lives in Germany. Um, so she's part german, part american. She was born in America, but she has family in Germany, and so she lives there now with her dog, who's a diabetic dog, Corey. Um and so he's so cute, y'all. So, yeah, um I met them. Um I reached out, they did the show, and yeah, we follow each other on IG and um but yeah, that is is doable. She's been to um I think she said she'd been to Peru for in college. So she did um what you call it, um, where you go to another country and study. So she did that. The study abroad programs. There we go. I don't know yeah. why it escaped my mind. <laughs> but yeah, study abroad. So she did that um for a month and it was it was cool because um she but she did her research, like she made sure she was able to um Bring enough diabetic supplies, and she also made sure that she could access her insulin if need be um so do you volunteer at a diabetes camp now? so as of
2: the last so this year is twenty twenty one I didn't do diabetes camp because I am moving to college soon, and I was also out of like town,
1: so i couldn't um I know they did it this year or did they do it this year it's actually going to be in september and it's going to be two different weekends
2: oh interesting okay so yeah i'm kind of out of the loop on it it's not gonna lie um because i hadn't done it this year or i'm not planning on doing it this year i'm not going to be in the state um and i didn't do it last year because of covid but my plan is to keep doing the podcast and kind of volunteer in this way um and then I also do kind of want to see if there's other diabetics to the college that I'm going to because um there's a, a college group so it's a, like a college um like the a CDN is Yeah, yes, that's so cool. Yes, but that's awesome. My college doesn't have that yet. So I really want to see if there's like once I get out there I want to see if there's an interest and then either like decide to start our own chapter or you know just find some way to stay connected. Cause I know there's not where I'm going in Montana. There's not a ton of diabetics and there's not a lot of ton. There's not a lot of like medical support. Like there's not like, Oh, your local endocrinologist, like it is, um, in bigger cities. Um, right. so it'll be interesting, kind of like a culture shock a little bit, I think, but you know, I, I would love to meet more diabetics and keep volunteering and, and, you know, just do what I can.
0: What have you experienced as a volunteer? So I volunteer with Camp Kazoo. I've been volunteering for um for six years. And um it's a different experience. Like you get to see what your parents went through with you as a type one. Like I see it as like from a big sister auntie perspective with the kids. I'm like, so this, so I was this little dealing with diabetes and wow. Like I, and so it's, it's pretty cool though. I get a chance to teach the kids, mentor the kids with other volunteers in a community. And, um, it's, it's very heartwarming. Like I love those kids like with T1D and they're awesome. Um, but what has your experience been, on um, volunteering you guys? So
1: I um, have volunteered with uh, with Panther Day Camp for eleven years. Uh, One of the so I had a kind of a gap year where I had an internship, so that was like a skipped year, and then we didn't Mm -hmm. do it last year, so uh, so that doesn't really count. And then I won't be able to go this year because it's in a different state and really awkward timing. But I think my favorite part about being a volunteer at camp is getting to watch the kids grow up. So getting to see them come back year after year and turn into amazing adults like Jesse has become just getting to watch her grow up from nine to 18 has been amazing yeah I, just, I love watching the kids
0: grow up it's one of my favorite parts yeah that's that's my favorite part too and and they will go to we had campers who would go to two camps at the same time so we had campers go to day camp then come to sleep away, but we'll have campers go to two sleep away camps in two different locations. So Twin Lakes then Barney. <laughs> so um and it's part because of the scholarship program. We do have a scholarship program. So one camp is covered, sometimes both if they have enough. Um which is pretty cool, but um yeah, so it was it was cool um seeing them grow up and um just kind of seeing everybody we kind of got get older a little bit so it's kind of cool to see like people I went to camp with and now we're 24 <laughs> 25 i'm like oh my gosh like how did we get from here to here so that that's that's pretty cool too um i love looking at old pictures from camp where i was a camper with my
1: friends and being like we're like so cute and so little in those pictures and now we're
0: all old and <laughs> grown up <laughs> You're not old, it's okay. You're young. <laughs> We're still young. <laughs> so
2: they definitely give me like a lot of energy. So I work with like the young because I'm a younger. Okay. So the way our camp works is like you once you graduate from being a counselor, you usually or camper, you usually take a year off, and then you're a CIT. Mm-hmm. I got to be a count camper for like an extra year. And then I just like went to being a CIT or a counselor in training. Um right like the next year so that was pretty cool but because i was younger i got put with the younger girls (laughs) totally didn't mind i loved it so much they have so much energy yeah like it is non-stop I remember one year I don't know if Colleen remembers this at all but I w- I walked around the camp with like one girl on my right leg one girl on my left leg and then I was carrying somebody and then I was carrying somebody else on the other side and oh it was my like four-year-olds just like monkey climbing all over me I I loved it I was like you know what I will be your big sister or like your, yeah. you know you're your your adult for this time during the day and then i'm gonna go home and nap um you guys get to go to your parents and have so much more energy with them and get to tell them about your day and like just being able to make memories with them and like have them under like realize that like they're not alone they have the support that you know, it, it's so cool because you see these like little five year olds have like, you know, the CGMs that take up almost half of their stomach. And of course, your heart kind of breaks because it's just like, oh, wow, you're you're such a strong kid and you don't even know it. And then you just like thankful for the support that I I am so thankful for the support that I got growing up. Like that is definitely something those kids taught me is like wow I am I'm so blessed I'm so grateful for everything that these kids have done like just to show me like that my parents put up with all of the energy that I had as a child so it was just it's so cool to see that and like have all of the energy that they have for like even that camp day Mm -hmm. is like so cool because you get it, just it's so infectious.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And they have, like you said, they have so much energy, but they ask really good questions. Like, oh my goodness. And they learn so much at once and they will remember what you tell them. And like, I had one camper because I went to, I volunteered with the Sprouts Day Camp for the first time. So I had the itty bitties because at Camp because we have nine to like, 18 year olds. So you can choose at 18 to be a CIT or just a regular camper. So a lot of them are like, I want to be a camper. I don't, I don't want to be a CIT, not yet. Um, and so I was with the five to eight year olds. So it was like little, little kids. Um, and so um, they were just asking questions like, do you wear a, a CGM? Do you wear insulin pump or look at my insulin pump? And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like they and they were just asked like different questions. And I remember explaining how I'm going to get a Dexcom to one of my campers. And she was like she came to me the next day and was like, you know how you say you're going to try the CGM? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm actually gonna try it too. I told my mom. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, that's so cool. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Um, and so it was just those moments where I was like, wow, like I'm really like making an impact and I'm really teaching these kids how to manage their diabetes and like leading as an example. And so I'm just grateful to Jesse, with you know. Everyone who supported me and throughout being a kid and all that support that I had um growing up because it's really a blessing um like you said it it really is um and I had nurses who would advocate for me in school. if it wasn't for my school nurses, I would not be as far with my diabetes like I am now um uh, so shout out to all my school nurses if you listen to the show, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, all all throughout elementary, because I was the only one in my elementary school. So they were my advocate. So why should kids with type one diabetes or diabetes attend a
1: camp? I think that the most important piece about diabetes camp is that kids know they're not alone. So many kids with type one diabetes never Mm -hmm. meet a single other human with type one diabetes so they just grow up without ever knowing that other people are out there who have the same condition as them. Yeah. So in that respect, I think camp will normal like normalizes having diabetes as just this extra thing you have. It doesn't mean anything bad about you. You are still a normal kid and you can do normal kid things and now you have friends with the same disease that you do. It's just it's it was such a great experience growing up knowing other people with diabetes. And I think that helped me kind of understand that like this is normal like there's nothing wrong with me, with me for having diabetes look i have 500 friends with it <laughs> yeah so thanks camp thanks panther day camp for giving me my my diabetes friends i love you yeah so anything you want to add jesse uh you make a lot of good
2: friends at camp and um the camp food isn't always bad as you may <laughs> think it is it, there's yeah. actually good good treats in there um but definitely try it out once like just go like or send your kid one time just to see if they like it or not and if they do awesome send them next year if you have the means to do so or you know there's always scholarship programs that are totally willing to help out or if they don't like it at all that's not a big deal if they feel that they are like have a sense of self have a sense of community um outside of diabetes camp not a big deal but i i always say try it once because you can never like go wrong You can't go wrong with diabetes camp. You're at an amazing camp with amazing people who are going to understand um, what you're going through and you guys can just go have fun and make new friends.
0: Yes, exactly. And um, parents out there listening to this, um, if you have a type 1 diabetic kid and you're nervous about camp, you know, definitely do your research on that camp. Make sure they are checking kids' blood sugars at night. Um, that's, you have to do that. There's lows, highs at nighttime. Um, and just make sure, um, and if you're not comfortable overnight camp, there's always a day, there should be a day camp, um, of some sort, um, hopefully in your area. Um, but definitely check with your local JDRF. They should be able to help you. Um, for those of you who are like, okay, like, i kind of, I may want to send my kid to camp. all righty you guys well thank you so much colleen and jesse for coming on to the show i appreciate you guys sharing your camp experience and camp stories and all that jazz This has been Naomi with Dawning Diabetes Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Please subscribe and leave a review, which helps the show. Join the diabetes community today on IG, Facebook, and Twitter for more content. See you guys.